Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Millions of people drink diet soft drinks, and they assume that the artificially sweetened stuff will help keep the weight off. But does it really? Joining us to talk about this is Sharon Fowler from the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. Sharon, you authored a recent study involving artificial sweeteners that had surprising results. Tell us about that. Well, the really counterintuitive results that we saw were that the more people drank diet sodas, the more their waistlines increased. So the people who drank diet sodas daily or more often had a three-inch, more than a three-inch gain in their waist circumference over an almost 10-year follow-up period, whereas the people who did not use the diet sodas had less than a one-inch increase of 0.8 inches. So what we saw was that people who did not use diet sodas had an increase in their waist circumference of less than an inch over a 10-year period, but those who used some diet sodas had more than double that, almost two inches of waistline increase, and people who use diet sodas daily or more often had triple the increase of their waistline compared with the non-users. So that's entirely counterintuitive, but that's what came out of our data. Does that mean that people who gained less weight drank regular sodas or no sodas? The people who were not users of diet sodas, some of them used regular sodas, some of them did not. So we did not exclude regular soda users. We simply looked at non-users of diet sodas, and that included regular soda users as well as non-users of regular soda. And in case somebody's wondering, I understand you also adjusted for variables such as activity level, age, and whether they were a smoker or not, etc., right? Exactly, and we also adjusted for the waist circumference a person had when they first entered the study, so that was one of the key covariates, along with age, sex, ethnicity, the kind of neighborhood they lived in, whether it was lower income or upper income, and so on. So we did adjust, as you said, also for exercise level, smoking, diabetes, and so on. There are obviously more variables that might have been adjusted for that may have had some influence on the results, such as family history of large waist circumference or whether their waist circumference had been changing over the past several years. But the most critical one, I think, that we did adjust for was the waist circumference as they began the study, and adjusting for that, we still saw increase. And this is, I guess, commonly called belly fat, is what we're talking about here, where the increase was, right? Yes, exactly. And one of the problems of increasing belly fat is that, especially for people who are 65 or older at the beginning of a study, as they gain belly fat, as they get older, there's a disproportionate increase in the amount of fat that is covering their inner organs and it's called visceral fat. And this visceral fat really increases a person's risk of developing problems over time because it increases inflammation in the body. And inflammation is a very serious risk factor for other conditions from the metabolic syndrome to diabetes, heart attack, stroke, cancer, Alzheimer's. So there are a number of problems that are fed by inflammation. And increasing belly fat, especially among older people, is usually a sign that the visceral fat is also increasing and driving up their risk of a lot of other things downstream. Well, a lot of people enjoy diet drinks and are, I guess, to some extent hooked on them. What would you suggest for someone listening who maybe feels they should get off diet drinks? What alternatives can they go with that would still be healthy? 
Well, I've always urged the use of real foods over highly chemical-laden, artificial chemical-laden foods. So I would recommend that people consider going with the real foods in the beverage world, water, milk, regular fruit juice, or for the caffeine boost, freshly brewed iced tea, freshly brewed coffee. These are things that are packed with antioxidants and are in fact a major source of antioxidants in our diets here. If people could switch from sodas, whether regular or diet sodas, to these beverages, I think that they, like me, would feel better. Once they made that switch, they would have more antioxidants in their systems and they would not be having the same kind of problems I believe that we're seeing in our study. Because I'd like to share my very simplistic image of our intestines. Inside our intestines, there are 10 times as many cells growing as there are in the rest of our bodies. So this is a very important ecosystem. I would liken it to our own private inner rainforest. And as a rainforest, it's influenced by the things that come into it, our diet, exercise, drugs, etc. Sodas, whether they're diet or regular, are highly acidic. They have a pH level of about 3, which puts them much more acidic than regular water and much more acidic even than acid rain. And if you think about rainforests and the impact that acid rain might have on a real rainforest in the world, the question I would ask is, if people drink highly acidic beverages, especially daily or multiple times a day, could that possibly have something like the impact on our own inner rainforest that in the real world acid rain actually has on a rainforest, which includes decreasing the diversity of the different life forms in that ecosystem and also causing the overgrowth of some forms of life that might not be so good and decrease in the others that might be good. We're talking with Sharon Fowler, who authored a study at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio, which suggests that diet soda may lead to belly fat. Sharon, I understand there was also a different study that I guess you were not involved with, but said that the caramel color in some sodas was found to increase the cancer risk. So so there is another reason to perhaps avoid the soda or the pop, as they call it in some parts of the country. Yes, absolutely. Calories are only one line on the can of a can of diet soda, but caramel coloring for all cola-type beverages, it contains advanced glycated end products, which in addition to the other study that you just referenced, can also cause problems in other parts of the body, which can help contribute to problems like diabetes and heart attack and stroke. So these are not innocuous, innocent chemicals to have in these products. The acidity alone, even if we forget about our guts and what happens in them, other studies have shown that diet soda, like regular soda, causes an erosion of the enamel in the teeth and also a decrease in bone mineral density. And I think most of us would not want to have that happen. Do you have any idea what the mechanism is that would cause artificially sweetened drinks to increase belly fat? Is it that the body sees it as sugar somehow? Part of the result is that the artificial sweeteners themselves go into that inner rainforest and they start changing the relative populations of the good and bad life forms in our intestines. 
and they may increase the ones that are very good at extracting calories from our food. And most of us don't want our intestines to get better at extracting calories from our food. But these artificial sweeteners may increase that process. In addition, there are other sweetness receptors in our intestines and in our pancreas, in addition to our mouths, that are geared to receive something that is sweet and trigger the release of insulin, for example, from the pancreas. But if a person drinks a lot of artificial sweeteners, it may be kind of like the boy who cried wolf. Those sweetness receptors in the pancreas might send out messages to start increasing insulin production from the pancreas when it turns out it wasn't really needed for the sugar. And after a while, that response of, oh, help, we need more insulin to meet the sugar that's coming in, the demand from that, that system may not work as well. So when there's a disconnect between the way something tastes and the way the body was designed to react to that, then dysregulation can start happening. Our body doesn't know quite how to respond to it. So it's that disconnect that some people at Purdue University have been doing a lot of research for, and they are concerned that that disconnect itself is part of the problem. These sweetness receptors are getting off their cues, and they're not sending out the right gut hormones to take care of the actual food that's coming in. So I think the combination of the actual artificial sweeteners themselves plus the acidity is really throwing off the delicate metabolic balance inside the intestine. And I think that's one reason that in addition to our previous study that showed weight gain and our current study that showed increase in belly fat, which is inflammation increasing part of our bodies, that other people have shown some of the downstream effects, increase in metabolic syndrome, increase in diabetes, increase in the incidence of heart attack and stroke, decrease in the ability of the kidneys to handle the workload that they have and so on. So I think our study, although it looks at older individuals, it's part of an overall pattern that has been seen in other observational studies that are very large scale and also in animal studies. Sharon Fowler from the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio. Sharon, thanks so much for joining us on InfoTrack. What a pleasure. Thank you so much. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know.